I think that made it all worthwhile commissioning Sydney Symphony yeah. to <laughs> yeah. you know, have a crack. To do the, like, it's a Disney movie well, soundtrack. I particularly like the use of the oboe. Uh, towards oh, the latter stages who there. Who doesn't? Mm. I want to know what the cheeky scamp is up to. <laughs> <laughs> we could be onto it. Let's see. We'll we'll stew on it. We'll sleep on it. Hello and welcome to the Cars Guide podcast, where we tear down pressure test and rebuild the issues of the automotive week. I'm James, and with me are Richard. Hello. And Matt. G'day. This week, among other things, we'll look at the new model that will soon become the best-selling car in the country, top-shelf luxury Japanese style, and a much-needed shot in the arm, for the Australian Supercast Championship, so stay with us. But first, Musquatch. Yeah, so to, uh, to make more cars, Tesla stopped the Model 3 production line. Right, yes. Which seems like a genius move. Mm-hmm. Um, they did that earlier this week, but apparently that's all very normal. In a production ramp up, is you know, it that, that that happens? Does it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You've got to if you've yeah. got to clear the bottlenecks. Yeah, if you've, you've got, got to right. retool, as all they that say. Sort of stuff. So nothing to oh, see. Okay. Nothing to see here. Yeah, that's all yep. mm-hmm. completely normal. But the factory is now running twenty four seven, and the Bloomberg tracker that we've been relying on says the Model Three has in fact cracked twenty five hundred cars <laughs> per week. Wow! Uh, and this week, uh, two thousand six hundred and eighty eight Model Threes allegedly left the building. So. Flushed with that success, mm. Tesla has, of course, made a new prediction. Yeah, right. And it'll be 6,000 cars a week by June. So what watch that hell? space. Um, and there haven't been any delays. The months-long delivery delay for Model 3 isn't a delay. It's a time shift. That's ridiculous. Like, take it upon uh, Silicon Valley to come up with a term, another word for delay. Yeah, yeah. it's no, a time it's, shift. It's, it's just Elon speak. He's a In, spin master. Yeah, we, we mentioned last week that he was Something going to be master. interviewed by uh, This Morning, This Morning program on CBS. Um, it was last Thursday night, our time, and he actually came up with the time shift rather than a delay. <laughs> okay. uh, but he does admit that there's too much automation in the factory, so he plans to take some of the robots out. This is be more, more human being type people. Right. Fuel robots. Right. This doesn't make a lot of sense from a modern day prof- production oh. professionalism. So, what, is he just kicking the robots out under the street? Like, well, I think he's asking around. He's asking them to leave. Jobless. I think he's, he's worried about the. He's worried about the AI thing. Yeah. He yeah. thinks they're going to take over. But like creating a whole generation of homeless robots. <laughs> yeah. <it's> just. <laughs> well, it's, that's it. He's just dumping them. There's no halfway house. Oh. You're straight out. Yeah. Poor robots. On the outskirts of town. <sighs> How to adjust? All right. Well. Aside from those down-and-out robots, Matt, <laughs> yes, you have crawled all over the new 12th generation Corolla. I have. Our hands are a little bit tied and we can't talk about the drive experience, much mm-hmm. and all as you have driven the car. Uh, we can't do that just yet, but I reckon it looks good. It's sitting on new chassis. There'll be hybrid drivetrains in each model variant. Correct. Tell us all about it. Well, what I can't tell you is... Uh the drive experience, as you said, that's under embargo until a later date. I thought you were going to say, what I can't say is it's great. <laughs> <laughs> the thought did cross my mind. Um, no, but uh, a lot of the things that you would expect a Corolla to not be so good at have actually changed with this new generation. It looks fantastic and the interior is like up there among the best in the class. Yes. There are some really nice finishes, some nice materials. It's thoughtful, it's mm. well well laid out. 
I've got two questions. Okay. So the interior, that screen looks so big that it looks like it's obstructing your vision. <laughs> it looks as big as the windscreen. Is it in real life? Well, it's an eight-inch screen and that'll yeah, be standard. It's really high. Standard really? across all the range. Of them. Yeah. Eight-inch screen. Wow. So the higher spec ones we expect will have sat-nav. Yep. Um, and the lower spec ones will still have the same screen but not running a sat-nav system. Yep. None will have CarPlay at launch because there's some because. issues with Australian configuration. All right. Um, which, you know, is a bit of an issue, really. I mean, they're marketing this car as a youthful, fun, yep. um, ambitious adventurers or something. There's, okay. there's their tagline for yeah, the yeah. youngsters that they want to get to. But you've yep. got to have connectivity for youngsters. Sure, That's what sure. they want. Yes. Um, but otherwise, yeah, they're, they're also having an interesting tack. As you say, with the, with the drivetrain program mm-hmm. that they'll roll out, there's going to be three models of this new Corolla hatch, three yep. different variants, yep. and each of those variants will come with the choice of a two-litre normally aspirated petrol engine, four-cylinder, or a 1.8-litre hybrid, the same hybrid that you get in a Prius. The current Prius. Yeah. Yes. So you're going to have one that's going to use, let's say, less than four litres per 100K. Amazing. Yeah. And theoretically... You know, you could get one below $25,000. Yeah. Um, which is gonna, like, no prices have been confirmed yet. Yep. That's going to happen in August. But yep. if you join the dots and you look at that and you go, well, $25,000 for a car that uses four litres per hundred and does everything that a little hatchback should. With an eight inch screen. Yeah. And it feels like the likes of Mazda 3 has been, you know, really putting it up to the Corolla and it's it's sort of been not resting on its laurels but it's been accepted as the best selling world's best yeah. selling yep. um, hatch and car and whatever and Toyota's finally gone I think we better get yeah. ahead of this curve because yeah. um, the writing's on the wall and they look like they're delivering yeah. there's, there's no denying that this is one of their biggest investment programs they've put heaps of money into this obviously the new platform allows them to amortise costs across a yep. different range of models so but what it does is it allows them to spend money on engines and things. So yes. they've developed this new engine with uh, direct injection and it's got a, a new CVT transmission with a Ooh. gear that actually, like okay. it's got a first gear, like mm. a proper first gear. Yes. So you take off from a line and then after and then you, you run out of revs, to it goes to, yep. goes to rubber bands. Fantastic. So it's, yeah. it's a really clever thing. So um, yeah. can, I, can I just ask though, what the hell is going on with the back of it? What do you mean? Look at the bottom. Yeah, I know. It sort of sticks out. Okay, so the car. So, <laughs> so one thing about the tailgate is it's made of resin. So it's a steel frame with a resin over the top of it. And it looks, I think I've said this in my video, which isn't up yet, but it looks more European than a oh, lot yeah. of European cars. There's a bit of opal around the back of it, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. yeah. In, in particularly in the high-spec one with the uh, little spoiler on the back. Okay. It looks like an opal OPC yep. Astra, yep. Um, but maybe a little bit tamer. Yeah. Righto. Look, I think Corolla really has its work cut out for it because that i30 is excellent. Mm-hmm. And yeah, good point. even though Mazda 3 is ancient now, uh, next gen is probably going to pop out 2019, 2020. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and that'll be amazing mm-hmm. too. So, mm-hmm. you'll just have to you'll have to wait and see what I thought of it. Yeah. Now, speaking oh, speaking of amazing, Richard, you've been at the other end of the spectrum in terms of the Toyota Lexus world, and you've been up on the top shelf in the Lexus division. Top the shelf, LS. Tell us all about that. Reaching up to the top and shelf. And look, I posed the question: Why would someone choose a Lexus LS rather than the usual suspects, which might come from Germany? And, and the big three makers there. What's, so tell us about the car and then okay. give us the, the, the what's different bit. Good 
Very good question. Uh, the Lexus LS is the flagship Lexus range. Um, it retails or lists for uh, about one hundred and ninety-five thousand dollars. Cheap. It's yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Well, cheap know. by class standards. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. Now, that's one of the, that leads me into you know why why get it and and at one ninety-five thousand, you're really only butting into the the very bottom of the S class Mercedes Benz S class uh, range. Yep. Uh, yet. This car comes with everything. Sure, um, it's so well equipped. So, you know, it sounds ridiculous to say that a two hundred thousand dollar car is good value, mm-hmm. but it is in in terms of its you know its segment. And, and that's a bit of an historical thing with uh, the LS, hasn't it? Right absolutely. from day dot, it's always been undercutting. Yeah. those big three pretty substantially. Absolutely. Um, look, even in terms of its maintenance and running costs, its warranty, its servicing, it's going to be, you know, you're going to find that it's going to be more affordable than an S-Class or an A8 or and, a 7 And there's all that suck-up service that goes with it yep. as well, yeah? Yep. So when you buy the car, they come and hold your hand and take the car away <laughs> no. and then bring it back <laughs> no, and all that's, that stuff. That's, that's right. Yeah. And look, Tickets to the footy. Being, yeah. being part of the Toyota family, it comes also with that reputation of reliability. Oh, yeah. And, yep. and, you know. So, look, that's, that's one of the reasons. The second reason is the interior. Oh, um, yeah. S classes, um, seven series are very nice, um, but I the interior of the LS is decadent mm. to the point of being a bit alien. Oh um, wow! There's hand. So cut- you're right at home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally at home. It's got it's got what's called a Kiriko hand cut glass, which is sort of lines it all and hand pleating in the doors. Um, chairs which fold almost flat like a business class lounge seat. So when the kids um, are in the back and they break that glass. <laughs> There'll just be blood on the floor. Blood everywhere. Wow. But being being a Toyota family, it'd be easy to clean. Easy to clean. Yeah, Very yeah, practical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And look, the third reason why I think I'd buy it, a reason to buy it over maybe one of the traditional rivals, is that it's not boring. Yeah. You know, it's the front of it is really brash. Yeah. And you know, the original designer um, came up with that spindle grill because he felt that the key to Lexus's survival was not being boring. Yes. Um, so, I mean... We were talking about yesterday about how that spindle grill is now becoming, you know, a bit cookie cutter in a little bit, all agree, the different yes. models. But yeah. I think that has saved Lexus. Well, it was Akio Toyota, wasn't it, who said, mm. what do you stand for? And mm. everybody in the room from Lexus just looked at him blankly and, oh, that's a great question. We'll get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, yeah. and he uh, demanded that they come up with a yeah. point of difference and really yeah. it's design and excitement yeah. through design yeah. that has been yeah. their thing. And it's huge. In the, in the U.S., um, Lexus um, is the second biggest seller uh, in terms of prestige vehicles. It goes yeah. Benz, Lexus, um, BMW, then Audi is you know, third. Yeah. And in, in the US as well, 50% of global US sales are sold in the US. Yeah, right. So, yeah, um, yeah. Go. it's going well. It's crazy. Speaking mm. of vehicular excellence, now some Winton words worth listening to. Life's a journey. And for over a century, Winton's been helping Australians enjoy the ride. Behind the wheel of a Winton, you're comfortably in control of the most efficient, enjoyable and brilliantly engineered car in the world. In fact, from class-leading luxury and performance cars to light trucks, heavy haulers and agricultural equipment, all supported by our no-haggle, lifetime warranty and industry-leading service, Winton covers all the bases. Winton, Australian with a world of difference. Friends, it grounds you, doesn't it? It brings you back it to does. it. It does. You know, Forget this hoity-toity, you know. Fancy hand pleading. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Winton knows how to build a car. They do. And the person who knows most about how Winton oh. builds a car, of course, is, is Frosty. Here? Frosty Chops. Is he here? No, he, look. Is that him there? I'll fill you in. No, it's I'll not. fill you in. 
he's on, the head it. of he's the head of corporate and government relations at Winton Motor Winton Motor Company. Frosty Chops. Now most of now that most of the dust has settled on the broadcasting debacle, otherwise known as the Commonwealth Games closing ceremony, oh. we can exclusively reveal Frosty in his own time has been a behind the scenes peacemaker. Between Joanna Griggs on the Seven Network and Tracy Holmes at the ABC, it's a big feud, but he's the ultimate schmoozer. He's really he's he's calming the waters there. Full disclosure, he's an advisor to Jack Morton Worldwide, which staged the opening and closing ceremony. So there is a vested interest. And just just to refresh uh, listeners' memories, there were no there were no athletes at it. That's right. That's right. And it was actually his idea. Uh, not to show the athletes <laughs> entering the stadium in the live feed. And in the broadcast, you can see glimpses of the back of Frosty's head behind Com Games chairman Peter Beattie and Queensland Premier um, Anastasia yeah. Palaszczuk. Even the best slip up from time to time. But we all know Frosty's Teflon-coated and yeah. he's determined to get things back yeah. on an even keel. You know, he, he, He'll get there. But his hands are full at the moment. He's busy. He's smoothing the waters between those two oh. feuding parties, and um, he's very good at it. He's doing a great he's job. You know the so. you know the combi that was in the opening ceremony. Oh yeah, it wasn't a combi. It was oh. a Winton. That's oh, what it was I a Winton. Heard. That's what I well, heard. Well, that's it. Even Volkswagen I didn't get that. stole the design. They rebodied it. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, Volkswagen originally stole, stole the design yeah. for the combi. Terrible. From Winton. Now, was, speaking of a body on something that you wouldn't expect, Ford Australia has re-entered the Supercars Championship with the Mustang. Yes, it's. I think, a shot in the arm for a category that's still on pretty shaky ground. Um, and it's interesting to see a coupe body over the new Gen 2 control chassis. I'm someone who hasn't paid a lot of attention to supercars in recent years because it just hasn't been <laughs> my yeah, cup of tea. It's, they kind of go round and round, not a lot of excitement. For what it's worth, this has really caused me to sit up and take notice. I'll mm. definitely have a look when they line up in Adelaide for the first time next year. What do you guys think? Richard, where I, are you I think at it's great. It? I mean... I've had a bit to do with V8 supercars over the years, making programs for them. And um, look, yeah, even for me being really, really close to it and enjoying it, um, this is exactly what it needed. And it's possibly just in time. Yeah, it could be. Um, and yeah. if we can get a, you know, something with a Chevy or a Holden badge out there, a Camaro or something like that, yep. that would be good too. Um, well, to me, it pro- yeah. it, it, it's possibly connected that, um, you know, the development of the twin turbo V6 for the Commodore. Um, mm came to a screeching halt yep. um, and all of a sudden, yeah, Ford's confirmed its re-emergence with a V8, so uh, that that seems connected to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good move. But Look, Matt, what do, you, what do you think? I think it'll just be great to have cars yeah. that you can buy in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, good point. You know, having a Nissan Altima running around. Altima hasn't been on sale since 16 or something, yeah. like, and it's still yeah. running around. Yeah. Like, what's what's the go with that? How, how can they justify that as a racing championship entrant when yes. you can't buy the car. Well, Mitch, one of our oversteer buddies, wrote a good story about, you know, what else would you like to see grid up? And, of course, yep. it was, pardon me, the Stinger, and yep. um, he wanted the GTR yep. um, back yep. in there. Godzilla yeah, making yeah, a yours. reappearance. That'd be a more what appropriate about a mini? Nissan. Chuck a Mini in a there. A Mini in there. Fantastic. Whatever you like. An Winton. original Mini. Yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> What about yeah. the 2018 Winton? Oh, That'd well, be good. Look, I can't say a word at this stage. <laughs> oh, but certain Wait people there. have dropped pretty big hints. Wait there. Yeah. So yeah, I can't, look, we're, we're, we can't. We're under embargo. With that, that would, that would <laughs> yeah, certainly yeah, yeah. blow yeah. the, the, the whole thing out of the bag. I can't say a word. But speaking yes. of Ford, mm. Ford's confirmed the good news that they're going to bring in the new Fiesta in ST, guys. Mm. Brilliant car. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the not so good news is they've canned the rest of the Fiesta range. So, Richard, you were saying, look, it's a great little one-liter 
triple. It is, the, yeah. The, the base Fiesta. Yeah, the Fiesta We're not going to see it because people here don't want to buy them. No. Um, look, that's, that's the issue. So, yeah, as you said, uh, Ford's going to be bringing back the Fiesta, uh, but only in that top, uh, you know, more hardcore version, the ST. Um, and it's a shame. The ST is fantastic, but the, the Fiesta Sport is brilliant. Um, Three-cylinder, one-litre engine. It, it's got a little growl to it. Um, it's fun to drive. It reminds me of the Volkswagen Up, actually. Um, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, so that's going to be a shame, but I'm glad that we're getting ST. As, but, an, as an up owner, I can agree with that. It yeah. is, it's, a, it's a charming little one-litre mm. car, um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I feel sad that Ford couldn't make a stick of it in Australia. I mean, in it's Fiesta is the biggest-selling car in England. Yeah. Um, yes. So they, yeah, yeah. it's not like there's no demand for it elsewhere. In right-hand um, drive. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's one of those things where, you know, they're... they're they're selling them where people are buying them, and mm. that's at the ST level. But and I, I, for what it's worth, I think the ST represents that benchmark or threshold, call it what you will, where anything much above a Fiesta ST in most urban Australian environments is a waste yes. if you're after a sporty fun drive. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the Fiesta ST, at least in the outgoing version, I found you could enjoy just selecting first gear yeah. and accelerating from one set of traffic lights to yeah. the yeah. next. That was yeah. a fun experience because yeah. the gear change was so nice yeah. and the engine so zippy. Something as simple as that yeah. made a journey really enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. But it's something you wouldn't get yeah. if you're in your thumping big AMG or yeah. you're in a, a, yeah. an enormous GTR or whatever. So I think it's just such a special car. But the good news is that... It'll still be a three-cylinder. The next Fiesta ST ah, is a yes. three-cylinder ah, yeah, engine, and still with a fantastic manual transmission. No word on an auto yet. Which okay. I mean, if they had an auto, yeah. and if yeah. it came in, is it coming in five doors this time around? I'm not sure. Uh, hopefully, because the two-door thing is one of the things that uh, stops people buying them as well. Right. So yeah. 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 You would hope in the US they've had a five-door ST before, okay. and. Hopefully that'll happen down under. I just think it's so nimble and light and responsive. It's such a joy to drive and it doesn't cost the earth. It's a, it's a great car. So it's terrific that it's continuing. Um, but a shame, I suppose, that tastes have changed to the point where the one-litre base car won't be around. Mm-hmm. Now, Matt, another yet another vehicle that you've been steering recently is the Merc X-Class. Now, there's been a lot of chat about this particular ute. Um, Your video that we've got up on the site and on YouTube is generating pretty heated comment. Um, So is it a glorified Navara? Is the Navara a better buy? Or should we wait for an X-Class V6? Or is it all of the above? What's going on? I would say it's all of the above to a degree. Okay. Uh, Yes, it is a glorified Navara, Uh but there's been enough work done to justify a new badge. Um, Yes, a Navara is a better buy because... If you're buying the four-cylinder version, uh, then you sh- you're basically getting the same vehicle with a different body. Yep. And, yeah, so that leaves me with the last bit is the V6 will be worth the wait. Yeah, right. So I, I came away from it thinking that, you know, it was most of the way to a pretty competitive U, but not quite what I was expecting it Righto. would be. Righto. So with the V6, I think it will push the boundaries a little further yeah. but then again you've got Amarok this week announced with a an even more powerful engine again so 200 kilowatts on overboost mm. so yeah. it's going to be a manic machine that one but there's no doubt that that end of the market if you're willing to spend say 60 grand 65 grand on a 
on a four-cylinder Mercedes. What are you willing to spend on a V6? Yeah, like, precisely. It's, it's getting up there. Does it feel like it's from the parts bin? You know, it's got the C-class steering wheel and it's got this, that and the other. Or does it feel composed and all together? You I, know? I would say it's three quarters of the way to cohesive. Okay. So there's, there are bits of it. <laughs> but the where... glue is it's coming apart. If I came out of an operation and the surgeon said that, I would be... So, I thought you said you did come out of an operation and the surgeon said that. Are we going to see an X63 no, AMG or no, a 43? Nope. Oh, nope, that's what? not happening. There is no no way that's happening, that according to Mercedes, that would be good, at though. this point in time. I, was, I would say that they, there's, it depends on the reaction. There yeah. was a lot of subjective commentary around, I don't like the look of this or I don't yep. like the look of that, as well as the more flippant, you know, it's just a Navara or whatever. Mm. But on that, I thought the back of the car, I yes. love it. I yeah. think it's really beautiful. Yeah. There are a lot of people saying it was too simple and looked kind of nice. um, Chinese, yeah. kind of, I love no. it. I, I think, think it looks beautiful. I think yeah. once they go and find the aftermarket sticker that has a big X class <laughs> across yeah, the yeah. back of it, then yeah, that yeah. could change. But there's definitely, you can tell that it's a wider vehicle by looking at the back of it. Yep. So the body's being widened as well as the tray and the track. Yeah. So you can fit a full-size Aussie pallet between the wheel arches, yeah, which, which you can't is, in a Navara. But you can in an Amarok. That's right. You? Yeah. yeah. Um, and because the Amarok isn't made to the same regulative specifications that all the other tie utes are ah. that's where the mercedes gets its extra width as well because gotcha. it doesn't have to be sold in thailand yeah so mm. but i think those little styling tweaks that accentuate that width mm. yeah. um they're a master class yeah. i think it's really good yeah. in its simplicity yeah, yeah. I, it, look it's it, there's there's no doubt about it it looks better in person than it does in pictures cool so well look speaking of simplicity now, a word from the youngsters with petrol and electricity coursing through their veins at Oversteer. When you're done listening to these old farts ramble on... Can I tell a story? Come and listen to the Oversteer podcast, where we talk about the stuff that kids love. Story time with Mitchie Boy. Yeah, because if I don't try, I won't fail. <laughs> oh, like, you know on, how mate. you roll into a petrol station and you're like... <sighs> Would you rather be designated driver for a group of kids on a sugar high... Or a group of super drunk adults. Yes, the Oversteer podcast has everything. And you can find it on the Cars Guide website, iTunes, and where all good podcasts are sold. Cheeky. Cheeky Charlie's. Is, is that what that music at the start was about? Those guys? Yeah, they graffiti the toilets. <laughs> I hate them. They break things. <laughs> they break things. They're clumsy from time they to do. time. All right. One's got a moustache. Now... Uh, timeliness. <laughs> I wouldn't call it that. A very, a very timely uh, kind of podcast in the sense that the nineteenth, which I make as tomorrow, um, is D Day for. Oh, nineteenth oh, today. Barbara's frantically gesturing towards me <laughs> to a non-existent the, watch. I beg your pardon. I think it's. I think it's overnight tonight. So yes. um, it'll be our nighttime. Our time. GM Korea is hanging in the balance. So. Today, in fact, is D-Day for GM striking a strategic agreement with some of the stakeholders, and that's everything from unions to banks to the South Korean government. And Holden is technically GM's representative in the business and holds a seat on the board. And already one of four Korean plants is set for closure at the end of May. Um, And most people in the know are saying there's no reason to maintain manufacturing in a high-cost country, witness Holden stopping manufacture here. March sales for GM Korea were down 58%, and the implications for Holden are not good. Does no. this feel like, yep. okay, we've sold off Opal, we've sold off Vauxhall, yep. we're probably going to shut down GM Korea, yep. 
And aside from Holden's involvement, it's just this it's this pattern here, right? Holden will leave Australia by the end of the year. That's 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 McLean. <laughs> I'm look. I'm not calling BS on that. I think you could be close. I don't know whether it'll be the end of this year, mm. but they'll make an announcement. I reckon. I think uh, looking at the yeah the indicators, things aren't looking very peachy. Mm. No, well, the product lineup, despite um, the much talked about onslaught of new models, product lineup at the moment, mm. as we've said before, we won't labour the point, but it's really not firing. And the Commodore uh, mm. imported version doesn't seem to be capturing people's imagination. Yep. Mm. So some big, big pieces in that strategic plan uh, aren't doing what they're intended to do. Um, and, so, and the models that come out of Korea, like Barina, yeah, not a huge player. Spark, not nah. a big player. Yep. Astra yep. Sedan, barely even noticeable That's on the right. road. Correct. Tracks. Yep. Trax is maybe doing okay, but, I mean, it's fighting in one of the busiest segments of the market, the small SUV segment. And, and Will they miss any of those cars? I don't know. No, I don't think so. And Insignia and Astra Sedan, um, Hatch now yeah. own, are owned by PSA or Peugeot. Yeah. 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 So, so you start looking towards yeah. Detroit and yeah. you look for model replacements mm. and that causes the shiny bums in the you know corner office to think... Mm. Why are we bothering with this Holden thing anymore? Well, it's, why why it's, are we doing that? You know, you think about how much it would cost to run the operation in Australia to have vehicles tooled to right-hand drive. There's no need for it. Yeah, yeah. we don't like Holden doesn't turn over enough profit. Yeah, to be able to for them to go. Oh yeah, that's totally got worth to keep investing it. that it's money. It's a jewel into that. in the in the Asian crown. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. not so much. Oh, I'm seeing, I'm seeing uh, flags waving. It's oh. it's really sad, and you know, I wish I wish that hadn't have come out of my mouth. But you know, I think that's what will happen. Um, well, I think we can yeah. turn around and blame you when it does. It's easy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Now we owe the uh, the listening audience some answers because we did uh, with uh, myself and Mal and Crafty last week went through some is it illegal questions we had four and the first one so we'll give you the answers mm. they're on the website as well but is it illegal to drive in a bus lane we know and I wasn't keenly aware of this there are two types there's bus lanes often called B lanes and bus only lanes right you might think that's the same they're not no. In bus lanes, you can have a whole lot of stuff besides buses. Yep. Bicycles, taxis, hire car, plated hire cars and motorbikes. Um, but in bus-only lanes, you're only allowed registered buses and coaches. But cars can go into either of them for up to 100 metres for changing lanes or to turn a corner. So you can for short distances, but um, no, it is illegal to drive in a bus lane unless you're one of those things. One of the things I worry about is the cameras in bus lanes. Like, If I need to use a bus lane to turn left, mm-hmm. what if I'm flashed? What about the cameras? <laughs> <laughs> I threw the ball up and <laughs> you hit it. Yeah. Smacked that one. That's out probably of out of the park. It was out of the park. Uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, you, you would have a good case mm. oh, yeah. saying I'm within 100 metres of that corner. Yeah. And yeah. I think you'd be fine. So, is it illegal to drive one-handed? Yes. Mm. What? It is. Yeah. What about a manual? You're up for between $425 and $531 and three to four demerit points, depending on where you are in the country, oh, if you're caught great. driving one-handed. What if you, Meaning you you've got here? the 12 o'clock classic yeah. kind of one-hand position and one out the door, the police pull you over and go, you're driving one-handed. You're not you know, properly but, in control of that vehicle. But I think we've all seen a policeman or two 
driving and also playing on uh, a screen in front of yes. them. Yes. Wow. Uh, Officer Bob Speed yeah. breaking the law. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's a common occurrence. I see it all the time. Now, is it illegal to have an open vessel containing alcohol in your car? Yes. Well, that depends on where you are. Yeah. Okay, so in Tasmania, ACT, WA in Queensland, yes. New South Wales, Victoria and South Australia, not really. Oh, in that no. there's no specific kind of um, reference to it but in the road regulation. You can't be the driver. That's, he can't be the driver oh, and no. have a bottle. No, you cannot. <laughs> but in the Northern Territory, it's kind of all bets yeah. are off. But we don't I'm, even know. If we, I'm the passenger... Let us know if you know. I can get into a car with you, open a can of beer, uh-huh. and in the passenger seat, drink it. Yes. Or you can have it open. Can you I can have it? an open vessel containing alcohol in your car. There is nothing specifically to say that that is illegal in New South Wales. What if it was the You could bring lips. it within millimetres of your mouth, yep. but I think when you start drinking it, that's probably a different thing. I don't but know. why? Could be another is it illegal story in there. Yeah. yeah, is it illegal for your passenger drink? So is it illegal to drive with one eye? What if you only got one eye? Is it illegal to drive with one <laughs> don't eye? Don't they do a sight test? Monocular driving. Uh, I'd say no. I would say no as well. Yeah, you're well, right. It's not. So there you go. You nope. S- but do you, the you don't see in three dimensions if you've got one eye, do you? <laughs> Everything's flat, like a piece of paper. Well, you don't have that triangulation. You can't no. judge distance as well. But yep. our authorities don't care. Jeez. You can drive. Now, just as we're getting close to the finish line, in our garage, um, Matt, what are you going to nominate as your primary drive for the week just past? Audi RS5. Oh, yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts? What do you make of that car? I jumped up and down, happy dance at the start uh, and handed back the keys today thinking, oh, what a disappointment. Oh, oh really? Wow. Yeah. What, what were the big disappointments? Um, the engine. Okay. Um, it's the biggest disappointment. All right. Um, the handling is the second biggest disappointment. Wow. Oh, nice. Um, just, I, I was just not a fan. It just didn't okay. gel with me one bit. Coming out of the old RS5, yeah, I know. you know, big V8, yep. massive noise. This thing's like this quiet little peaceful mouse in the corner. Mm. It doesn't ride over bumps very well. It doesn't steer very well. It doesn't do anything very well apart from look good. Gee. Uh, well, apparently it doesn't like you very much either. It oh, but I look, man, I would have one in my driveway. The thing's gorgeous. It looks brilliant. So what colour? What colour? It was the uh, Nardo Grey, that, no, you, know, that you know, the no, no, battleship no. with the carbon pack. It was sweet. Looking forward to your review. Richard? Uh, no review, no. Richard, no you've, review, you've right. had the backside planted in? Yes. Uh, my backside's sore, actually, because it's been planted in a Jeep Cherokee. Okay. Um, and look, it, it, very hard seats. Um, <laughs> hang on, oh, I, I take it. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know, I haven't been in a Jeep Cherokee. It's a Jeep Compass. Right? A Jeep Compass. Yeah, right. Uh, backside still sore. Um, okay. Look, I've been I've been sitting in a uh, yeah a Jeep Compass. I went to the launch and drove it at Australian launch. Very very hard seats, um, but I really like it. It's like a, a mini version of a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Um, it's got the same grille and the same sort of shape. I, I, I really like it. I like the way it's got more off-road capability than, than a lot of you know city SUVs. Um, I also like that it's got little Easter eggs around yeah. it as well. There are four or five. Um, I don't know. Do you want to know where they are? No, no. Do want, well, look, how about one? Okay. Just one. Your favourite one. My favourite one? Um, the Lizard. Oh, no, the Morse code. Oh, no, there's a Loch Ness monster. There's a Loch Ness monster as well. <laughs> okay. And they're hidden. There's, they're hidden. There's, so there's, they're hidden. So there's, there's a Loch Ness monster there's a Loch Ness in there. Monster. And a lizard. The lizard so don't tell and the us Morse where code. they are. Tell us what they are. So there's a, little, there's a little lizard and it's raised 
and it's and it's hiding on the. Don't don't tell us where. <laughs> I just said don't okay. tell us the where. The Loch Ness monster is the weirdest one. Like okay. that is not because you look at it and you if go. You start crack. telling okay. us where it is. And the Morse code. I think it actually code. is SOS. Oh, or yeah. it might be Jeep. I can't I remember. Think what it is. I, I no. think I know where that is. It's the five pillars of Jeep, which is you know, um, like is a gluttony lust. Um, what a, what a, wow. No, that's the this seven. Has gone, seven. This has seven. gone somewhere um, I did not expect. The five pillars of the Jeep company. So I think the guys at Jeep who are doing interior design are having yeah. too much fun. Too they much are, They're having fun, don't yeah. they? And they, in developing each model, they go out and do the rock climbing, they go yeah. rock hopping yeah. at Moab and all that kind yeah. of stuff. It's fantastic. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, I've been guys. driving the Volkswagen Golf GTI original, oh. which is such a, such a fun car. Oh. In the sports setting, put yep. the transmission into manual. Mm. It's really quick and responsive. It's everything you'd hope a sporty Golf is. And you do away with some of the things like you actually put the key in the ignition and yep. put it in to turn the car on. And it's fine. It's great. Really yeah. enjoyed it. No Lovely adaptive car. dampers. But I look, I came away from the launch of that GTI original thinking I wouldn't spend a cent more on a yeah. GTI. Oh, I, agree I agree with you. How much is it? How much is it? 40 grand. 40. That's good. Yeah. Although, uh, 39, no, 90, i30 in. A 40 grand drive away. Oh, okay. But it's a three-door. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then there are the seven deadly sins connected with it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well. um, There's a lizard so, in there too. Now... Okay, yeah, with that, we to. have in fact reached the finish line. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. And Richard. Thank you. And thanks to our producer, Barbara, always keeping the levels level. They say opposites attract, so we're guessing he'll soon meet someone good-looking, intelligent, and polite. And thank <laughs> you for listening. Please let us know what you think of the program. Search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. Would be great if you could spare a minute to rate and review us on iTunes. Helps let others know about the podcast. Thank you. I hope you can join us next week. Until then, a question. What do you call a Daewoo Nibira at the top of a hill? A miracle. <laughs> <laughs>